Welcome back to another episode, and obviously, if you see who's joining me today, we've got Jessica here. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm okay. I can't complain. Um, well, obviously, we know the episode, the premiere, just came out this past Wednesday. Um, obviously, not as soon that I would have liked to be speaking with you as, you know, we could both attest to here, but now that the dust has settled, you know, we had the wait of leading up to the premiere, and then the episode came and went. How are you kind of feeling now, emotionally? Honestly, it was like, it was hard to watch back because um, there is so much that happens, you know, you're being recorded 24 hours a day and there's so much that happens. It's such an intense environment. And then to see it shortened down into um, a more digestible version is quite hard to watch because you want to sort of explain everything that happened and be like, this is why I did this. And this is, you know, the reason behind that. And you can't really defend yourself to the masses. So it's hard to watch back and it's hard to watch myself get like rejected like that. It hurts. Um, and I don't think it'll ever not hurt. It's always been like that watching things back and being like, oh man, that sucks. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I have a very, very strong track record of being the first person sent home. This is my fourth show and I've always been sent home within the first three eliminations. So it's a, it's a touchy subject for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're seeing a dangerous trend here, unfortunately. Mm, I know, <laughs> I know. I was always kind of curious about that because the thing that I always found interesting about reality TV is like, there's an element to it to where like you see social commentary happening on screen, but then there's kind of like the um, confessionals where you're able to see what people are saying like, you know, I guess technically behind your back, so to speak. But um, I always wondered, like, if that was, like, even harder to take in than maybe, like, some of the social commentary that we're actually seeing within conversations, because it's like, I'm assuming that's got to be the most scariest part, especially, like, you know, you're not, nobody, nobody knows what you're saying about them and vice versa. So I'm assuming that's probably um, also something that contributed when watching this back to a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like, there, there was one part, like, watching Raven, you know, sort of tell me to shut up and things like that. I was like, man, you you weren't saying that to my face. You were so nice to me. You were my roommate, you know. So it's it can be quite hurtful to see people say negative things behind your back. But you also know that it comes with the territory. And all of us have done some sort of TV before this. So we're all pretty well prepared. Um and I think a lot of us between filming and airing will sort of like air out the dirty laundry, so to speak, on social media. So we might like, like I spoke to Olivia like last week and, you know, we kind of apologized to each other and we were like, sorry, we were sort of coming for each other, you know. So you usually kind of fix it before watching it. Um, but sometimes things can like completely take you off guard and then that, that's hard because you have to jump straight into like doing media or whatever, you know, having just just seen that like oh it was actually kyland who threw my name out or whatever i didn't know that so yeah things like that is like it can be pretty overwhelming mm -hmm. and then i obviously read your bio too it said that um you were what a challenge uh super fan were you is that is that oh correct? yeah yeah okay. so i i originally got the call for the challenge 37 uh which was a few years ago and um at that point in time i wasn't a big challenge fan i knew of it but i wasn't like it I, so i'm like i was a big theo von fan so i kind of knew of, of it through theo von but not much and then um i got dropped from casting because of covid couldn't get out of australia i was in lockdown and 
I just started watching it religiously. Like once I got cast, I just started watching it and watching it. And, and then I just became a huge fan and I don't watch television, but I loved the challenge. I was like, this is so addictive. I'm so invested in these characters. Um, and I just became really, I was actually really disappointed in my season's casting because I wanted to play with like CD and Darrell and, you know, Tori and all these people. And then I come in and I'm like, okay, I, I know who you guys are, but you're not like the big dogs, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, so, yeah. Watched, uh, you know, yesterday. But <laughs> yeah. And I said to TJ, I was like, this is my dream to be here. Like I said it in the elimination. I was like, this is my dream to be on the show. And so I'm just grateful. Like meeting TJ, I was like almost in tears, you know? Like I was just a little fangirl. It's it's so funny. No, I, I love to hear that because like, you know, especially for those that have been a fan of this show for so long, I think I think it's really rewarding when you see like newer cast members coming in, but they almost like pay homage to the past and are like willing mm-hmm. to kind of like respect like, you know, the history and what came before them. And like to see, yeah. I mean, that that would feel like a genuine like oh my god like just the guy I was watching host the show and like to actually be in front of him is you know pretty pretty wild. Um, yeah, I, I had a follow up question because you mentioned Theo Vaughn. Um, did mm. you like find out about him being on the show like through his podcast and then you went back to watch or did you watch him like while he was on you know the show? So I found out. Uh... So I've, I've actually met Theo um, and we had like a little bit of a friendship for some time. And at that point in time, I think I just did some research into his background or whatever. And I was like, oh, he was on this, you know, he comes from these reality shows and we don't get the American reality TV over here in Australia. It's almost impossible to actually get like even watching my own season of the challenge is really hard over here. Um, and so that's when I sort of started digging through like I would watch like the best of the challenge clips on YouTube and stuff like that. And so that was when it all kind of started. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pay to watch all these seasons. So it started from sort of having a friendship and being a fan of Theo's comedy and his podcast and his stand up. I went to his show here in Australia and then that sort of snowball effect, you know, kind of went down from there. So yeah. And then once I got, I just randomly got the call for it and it was like out of the blue um and then i was like okay now i'm like totally invested in the show more well that should really- be <laughs> yeah no i think when i was doing like my research on you i noticed that um correct me if i'm wrong i think it was because you did obviously challenge australia prior to 39 but prior to mm-hmm. that i think like your last stint on tv was um with the bachelorette right and it hadn't yet pre- or no it was premiering like kind of in 20 the end of 2019 into early 20 i believe it was and then COVID. So, hit. yeah so i did the bachelor uh in and that came out in 2019 uh in uh november i want to say yeah i know we were filming so i did the bachelor in paradise in november 2019 and that came out mid 2020 so right in the peak of COVID. And where I live in Melbourne, we had the most severe lockdowns in the world. Mm. So we were just, it was like, you couldn't go outside. You couldn't leave the country. You couldn't leave the state. And so when I got the call for 37, uh, it was, I believe, sort of towards the end of 2020, maybe, I'm going to say, or maybe sometime. Yeah, it was December 2020, I believe. And I was in, at that point, I was in quarantine. Uh, And it was, 
would have been around Christmas. I literally couldn't leave my house at all because, and I didn't even have COVID. I'd just been out of state. And when you come back to the state, you need to do this two week quarantine. And so um, getting anyone out of the country at that point was just impossible. So it was, yeah, they, I know they were trying to get more of a global cast for 37. And I know that myself and Kieran both received a phone call for 37. Oh, wow. So did that mm. at any, like, did that at any point kind of like, I don't want to say like hinder your like experience, like with um, the bachelorette airing or like did it in your opinion? No, because I mean, the, the, with, uh, yeah, it did. And it didn't because do you mean COVID? Did COVID inhibit? Yeah. Like yeah. The pandemic hitting like right at that point of the premiere. For you. So bachelor in paradise was really big. Bachelor was like less for me, but bachelor in paradise was really big. And that was right. Peaking COVID. And, I didn't experience the like people stopping me on the street or anything. Um, I got a lot of online uh, feedback, but because I wasn't going out and when I was, I had a mask on, it mm. wasn't like I was, you know, being spoken to on the street. So when we actually did get let out of lockdown towards the end of 2020, I was very overwhelmed when people, I still now, like when people come up to me and they're like, oh, I loved you on The Bachelor or whatever. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like not used to it. You know, it was kind of um, a weird shift because it happened so delayed. Um, mm. But to be fair, I've always had like a really positive edit on these shows and I've always looked really good. So I didn't really receive much negativity or like negative feedback in person or online. I got a lot of positivity, which I'm really grateful for. So um, yeah, I can't, I can't really complain. It yeah. worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that like stood out to me, like immediately, like jumped off the screen, like, um, cause you know, you mentioned about like being, you know, able to resonate with people. I noticed like just your ability to kind of be like almost self-aware and not take yourself too seriously. That like immediately jumped out at me. Is that like kind of something I think you like for you at least, um, is that something that you kind of noticed like with yourself, how you've kind of always been? I definitely haven't always been this way. I, it actually kind of, when I did Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, I don't think I was anywhere near as self-aware as I am now. Um, during COVID, I sort of started meditating and started to sort of introspect. And I think that was when a shift happened. And I was like, I cannot have like all this clinging to an outcome that I can't control. I can't control the edit. I can't control, um, you know, even the outcomes, like things happen. And, and on this season, it was like so many like bad events that happened one after the other that led to me leaving. And most of them I didn't have control over. And so you have to just relinquish at some point. Um, I also think it's just like, I'm the second oldest cast member of the season. I think my age, like I'm in my mid thirties. I think that I'm just, you know, I'm a bit more grown up. That's all it is. It's just like, I can't take this seriously. I can't be attached to any particular outcome. I just have to go with it. And at the end of the day, if you can't laugh at yourself, like, what do you have? You know, it's like the edit is funny. I look pathetic. It's, it's <laughs> hilarious to me now. Like I just have to take it with a grain of salt. So I'm happy to do that. No, uh, that's actually really funny that you like the whole laughing at yourself thing. Cause anytime, like if I get like a quote unquote mean comment i like find a way to like spin it and i'll be like you know actually they kind of have a point here even though it's like yeah <laughs> yes i love agreeing with people that hate me like it's so funny like people will be like oh you didn't look cute when you failed that thing i was like i know i look like shit and then they're like uh go you you know like 
people who spout mean things online as well, it's coming from a place of like lack in themselves. It's not coming from nothing is a reflection of you. So I'm not, I don't, I know who I am. I know that I'm a good person and I know where I stand with myself. So anything that anybody says to me online, I just want to make their day better because they're obviously having a bit of a crappy day. You don't say mean things online if you're happy. So I want to, I want to make their day better. So if I can reply and be like, I hope you have a beautiful day. And I hope like, I agree with you. I look like an idiot, you know, then it's, it's all good. And everyone's happy. And usually they, they stop kind of spouting mean stuff online after that. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just mentioned about like a lot of the, um, you know, fellow castmates kind of being like on the younger side, maybe did that at all like affect sort of like your ability to make like connections or like form relationships within the house? Do you feel? I don't think so. I think um, like James was the only one that was lucky. It was a little bit, a couple of years older than me. Michelle's quite close to my age. Um, I don't think it inhibited any of the relationships I formed there. I was still flirting with the 26 year old boys. I like, I still got it. I still got it. I'm <laughs> fine. I'm doing well. Me and Horacio were having chats. Like it's fine. You know, <laughs> I, um, but I think maybe it did like affect my self-esteem a little bit because obviously my, that whole spiel was a reflection of some like self-esteem issues that I was having. And I think that that might've been uh, contributing to that as well, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, it obviously depends on like who you are, but I think like given the situation and like you, you're obviously cognizant, like this is a, you know, a game show, you kind of like, you have to make relationships and stuff. You're almost like, mm -hmm. so like subconscious, like, you know, I kind of got to play the game here a little bit, like the game within the game. Oh, yeah. you, you make small talk as you go. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, we talked about the bachelorette a little bit. I was kind of curious, like um, with getting onto TV, like, was that like your initial goal? Like, was I, I want to be on like a, you know, a dating show or like, did you just have aspirations for TV period? No, I, so growing up, I always said I wanted to be on television. I was always an attention seeker. If you can't tell, I, I'm, I was an attention seeker. Um, and I did drama and I was always like this loud, I was a singer, I was all this stuff, but I never pursued it. And then when I was 30, I, it was, it was very serendipitous because I was with my housemate and she loved reality TV. She always just called it like her trash TV kind of thing, you know? And she was like, you're, you were born in England. You have a British passport. You should apply to go on Love Island UK. It's huge, you know? And like, I think you'd be really good on it and you should apply. And I was like, ah, oh, no, like, I don't think I could be on a, in a bikini on TV. Like, it's just a bit much, you know? Um, and then she was like, you should think about it. Anyway, then two weeks later, I was at my job and I was, I was bartending at this little bar on a street here in Melbourne. And these two women came in and they were like, have you ever considered being on reality TV? And I was like, yeah, kind of actually. And they were like, we're casting for The Bachelor and we'd love for you to come to the auditions. And so I just said, you know what, fuck it, why not? And I went to the auditions. And as soon as I went to the audition, I knew I was getting cast because there was nobody that looks like me. Um, there was no other tattooed people mm -hmm. and everybody was like, kind of like wallflower. And I was like, let's go, Woo! you know? And so I was like encouraging the other girls to like 
they made us just randomly dance, which is probably the most intimidating thing to be in a room of like 40 beautiful women and just like get in the middle and like start dancing. And I was like grabbing other girls and making them dance with me, you know? So I think like that was kind of when I was like, actually, I think I'm pretty suited to this. And obviously I don't have a good track record, but I keep getting cast. So I think I must have something there that people like. <laughs> Listen, oh, first, that's one of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed that's such a big thing, actually. Um, a lot of people's stories when getting like either, you know, kind of, I don't want to say like recruited, but like just running into casting recruiters. I always notice mm. bartending is actually like a really good spot to get noticed. So if anybody's, you know, watching yeah. this, any ambitions on being on, you know, reality TV, why don't you go uh, get a bartending job? Maybe they'll uh, make a in. cocktail or two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> Is, is reality TV like popular in Australia? Because I know it's a really big thing in the UK. What is it like over yeah. there? I mean, comparatively to the UK and to the US, it's a lot smaller. Obviously, we have a smaller population, so there's less people watching in general. I think since COVID, it has the audience has diminished a little. Um, I think people are more inclined to like go outside now. Um, but during COVID, I mean, Bachelor in Paradise was massive. Um, and then I've noticed like when we did the challenge Australia, we had a really small audience and people just weren't interested in it. So I don't know that some shows are really big. We have a show called married at first sight, which is just massive and people love it. But I think we have like a smaller pool of shows and um, it's more those sort of older generations now that are watching reality TV. So like I would say like 45 plus that sort of watch reality TV here. I mean, that's the same people that were watching it 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. No, that, that checks out over here where I'm at because, like, the Real Housewives of New Jersey is, like, really, mm. you know. And, yeah, obviously, you know, with the demographic for that, you're going to tend to find, like, you know, a lot of moms tuning in. So Yeah, and, and it makes sense because they're the ones that are at home during the day or, like, whatever, and it's their time to switch off is watching their shows. And, you know, and I think with the challenge, you know, it's been around for so long that a lot of the audience – have been watching for you uh, and like i said i'm a fan i was disappointed by the cast too <laughs> but i think uh, i get what the challenge are trying to do by like bringing in these new people who do have as much potential as you know you've got people retiring you've got wes who's just had a kid and retiring and things like that so you have to bring up the new kids on the block and i think that i get why they're doing it but i also get the audience perspective of like hey where's bananas where's ct you know where's jordan where's all these people um because it's who they're accustomed mm. to no that's like a really like i'm glad that you you like worded it that way because that's like a really selfless um like way of wording it because like you could very easily be like oh like you know we're new we we gotta like but you were, you're able to like pinpoint and recognize that like you know you get it from a fan perspective for those that yeah are disappointed but on the same token you're able to kind of identify that like you know, some of these people aren't going to be here forever. We kind of got to like find out who's going to be, you know, who we're relying on to carry the show for the next decade or so. So yeah, exactly. And it's like it, the reason the show has been so successful is because they're able to adapt. Um, you know, they went from just being like real world, you know, road rules people to then incorporating more shows and and sort of mixing it up. And now it's going global. And you know, they're adapting these things in. And I I get that like we're the 39th season like it's been so long that 
putting in these new people and not including those older vets um, as like a mainstay of the show is quite jarring because it's like, well, this is why we work. We watch for Johnny Bananas, you know, da, da, da. but you're going to have, these people are so good at this game now. They're going to just walk all over us. So if you want new characters, unfortunately we have to kind of get them out so that we have a more even playing field. And you see, even, even with the playing field, it's not, it's still not even because the people who played the last season together are, you know, so it, it, it's accumulative uh, mm. in that sense. It, it takes time to um, let people build up their, their repertoire. Right. All right. I'm putting yeah. you on the spot right now. You didn't know anything. Let's just say you didn't know anything going in, like try to put yourself back like in that moment before knowing that, like, you know, the formats, a lot of people that just haven't really, you know, either one before or they're on the newer side. Mm. You're going into this and you're like, okay, oh my God, I can't wait to see this person walk in. Like, I'm just talking like veteran wise. Like you watched mm. the show before, obviously. Who who was like somebody that you were like excited to see um, prior to knowing like the format? CT. And I, I, I said like, no matter what, I, I mean, I said the production knows this. I said, no matter what, I want to, I want to hang out with CT. I just want to like be best friends with CT. I want to like marry CT. I want to work with CT. I want to run a final with CT. Like I was just team CT all the way. Um, but I think, I mean, there's so many aspects. Like I, I, ah, oh man, I'm such a fan of the show that there's so many people that I wanted to see for so many different reasons. You know, I would love to see the way Laurel works. Um, I think she's a really interesting person and a really interesting okay. character with such a rich history in the show. Um, Jordan, I find fascinating. Uh, I, I don't know that CT was the big one for me. Um, I just find him very, very interesting. But I was like really excited to see Big T to be fair. Like I was, I remember, I didn't know she was going to be there at all. And she was on my plane and I was like, oh, <laughs> Big T. <laughs> and she knew who I was. And I was like, oh my Lord, like, this is weird, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was just excited to be there. And I, I think had I come in with no knowledge of the challenge, which to be fair, some people did, there's, mm -hmm. there's, from the Challenge Australia, there was only a couple of us that were like fans of the show. Most people hadn't really watched it. And so I think had I come in just blind, I would have definitely gone home first. I think the I like I had some knowledge of the show and I had had some advice from some people, um, some vets going in and that advice just got muddled up and that was kind of what got me stuck. But yeah i don't know i don't really know like i can't it's hard to replay it back if i was in a different situation you know what would i have done or like who would i have been excited to see because i only yeah i've only been living and breathing the town for the past few years <laughs> that's all i know <laughs> <laughs> well there's your there's you know your homework assignment you know you can keep going back even further and watch um yeah no um, <laughs> no obviously you know you had a, a past with kieran did you get the sense that like you two were kind of put like on the season together in hopes, like just from a production standpoint, like they, they, they were hoping that we would possibly see like a storyline there or, or do you think it was just coincidental? No, I think, I think it was, it, there's always hopes of that, that storyline. So we did fashion paradise together and the challenge Australia and production saw how we interacted on the challenge Australia and then 
still decided to cast us both on 39. So I was intrigued by that. I was like, I don't know. They saw actually on Australia, I was quite supportive towards him. Um, and there was no real beef until after we left the show. Mm. Um, and the same thing happened on this season, to be fair. Like we got along fine, but then when he voted for me and like didn't really care about it, it was like an issue for me. Um, cause I thought we were friends, you know, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know if they like us as individual characters and just happen to put us on and we just happen to go together. I think, so I was, Kieran came second on Australia and I was out on the third elimination and I was the alternate for world championships and I know he wasn't called. Wow. So yeah, I figure like they like us as individuals and we just happened to get cast together on this season. I think maybe in Australia they were looking for a storyline and now it's just like, okay, actually as individual players, we both have, and we have similar personalities. Yeah, We're both very hard headed. We're both strong competitors. Um, I'm just a bit smarter than he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Subtle flex, you know, not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely a good sign. Like I'm obviously like an outsider looking in just from like looking at that. It kind of looks like, you know, and this is probably a good thing in your case, since, you know, you guys are representing Australia, they're kind of looking for like a reach sort of like of, okay, you know, we're trying to get maybe Australians to like, like the show and you could be like, you know, kind of viewed as like that, uh, you know, sort of figure point there. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they could have made me look a bit better on this episode if they wanted people to like it. But yeah, I mean, like I was pretty, not popular. I don't want to say that it sounds so conceited, but um I was I was liked on Bachelor in Paradise for my confidence and for my um, bravado, and so I think bringing that over to the challenge um, and trying to bring in that audience with me that I'm not my personality is not going to change. I'm always going to be this like I'm going to make big moves. I'm going to mm -hmm. you know be a bold person, and yeah. so I think they probably like that and was hoping that dynamic would draw the Australian audience in. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I can still bring that one day. You know. Yeah, no, I, I think a lot of people would like to, you know, see you back. Um, you know, we do got to get into it, though, because, you know, we obviously saw the deliberation and, you know, clearly there was some stuff like left on the uh, cutting room floor as far as conversations go. Um, that yeah, we didn't that's all of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that kind of goes without saying here, but I'll just start off with my own question and then you could sort of take this in whichever direction you'd like to. Um when you were given, you know, the deliberation speech at first, you, you said something to the effect of, I'm hearing people are saying my name and saying I'm weak. Like, do, did you hear any conversations or anything um, was maybe brought to your attention that people were saying about you? Yeah. So, um, so what happened was the, the entire house was saying big T, big T. And they were all saying, because she's the weakest link, she's the weakest link, she's the weakest link. And we're playing as a team. So I had to go chat to production for about 30 minutes. I come back into, you know, get changed. They're like, okay, put on a jacket and just, we're going to go to deliberation. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go into my room, put on a jacket and Manuel and Chauncey sprint into my room. They're like, everybody's saying your name. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, the girls are all coming for you. Like all the ride or die girls, they're coming for you. They want your name being said. This was like news to me. I had no idea. Anyway, production, like, stop chatting, stop chatting. We have to go to deliberation now, now, now. And I'm like, what is happening? And then I looked at them and they were my two kind of closest people in there. And I was like, are you guys going to vote for me? And they were like, yeah. 
And I was like, oh God, I'm screwed. So I go upstairs to deliberation and nobody in the room, everybody's like, nobody will look at me. And as I'm getting angrier and angrier and I'm like, oh, what the hell? And I kind of chat to a couple of people. I talk to Horacio. He's like, I have no idea about any of this. He goes off, takes Olivia away, starts chatting with Olivia and like trying to convince Olivia not to vote for me. Um, and I spoke to Narice and Narice is like, yeah, look, we're going to say your name. Everybody was like, yep, 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 yep. I'm like, so we sit down and then we go into this deliberation and everybody's beating around the bush saying like, oh, the weakest link, the weakest link, the weakest link. So in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they all think I'm the weakest link. So what's my card that I'm going to play here? And I was like, I'm going to play the layup card. I'm just going to go all out. I'm a layup. You have nothing to worry about. Um, and so they had all kind of confirmed to me that they were saying my name and everybody's kind of doing this little dance around talking about, you know, the fact that they've all going to say my name. So I said, Hey, I want to say my piece. And it was quite emotional. You know, I felt very ostracized. I felt like I hadn't slept for two nights by the way, mm. at this point. So I'm dead, like delusional tired. And I sit there and I was like, I'm really weak. I know I'm probably not going to win. I'm happy to help somebody else get to the end. And when I said the money means nothing to me, that was genuine. Like I don't have much, I'm a Buddhist. I don't have much attachment to money. I was going to donate a large portion of it to charity. I understand how that sounds to like a very capitalist American audience. <laughs> it sounds like I don't want to be there, which is not the case. I want to win for me. I want to win for the title. I want to win because I love the challenge more mm -hmm. than the money. That was so much more important to me. Um, I just want to help my mom out and then, you know, help my immediates out. And then I'm happy to like help other people that need it, but it's still important to me. Um, but yeah, my layup spiel probably the way it looked without any context was like, so it just sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I was really just trying to like, I was lying. I still wanted to win. I was just like, what can I do? to get these people back on my side because they're all planning to vote for me right now and I need to switch this up. And all I can think of is play the layout card, play the layout card, play the layout card. And it just backfired <laughs> really badly. Yeah, because just from like a casual, you know, viewer standpoint, just to see what we saw um, would look like almost in a sense that you burned yourself. But like yeah. from what you're saying, like you kind of already – we're almost told that like, no matter what, like, you know, we're voting for you. So you kind of already had in your head that like, I'm on the chopping block and that I knew I was. Yeah. So then, wow. Oh man. So I guess. And also the reason I was on the chopping block is because I was making plans to try and break up those girls. I had said it to <laughs> Jay and Callum. I had said, if it's a blind vote, we should get rid of the strong girls. And if it's a, open vote, we should get rid of the weak girls. And I never said Olivia's name specifically. I just said the strong girls. Um, but then I also lied to Jay and said, I didn't know if anyone was coming after him, which I did. I knew Chauncey was coming after him. I lied to him. He knew I was lying to him. And so then he backstabbed me and that's how it all kind of came about so suddenly. Um, and I didn't really know some of this until watching it back. But yeah, the reason that my name was thrown out was because I was, I was coming for those girls and that I had a game plan. 
I had to. It was the only way to the only way for me to get ahead was to bring them down because they were all so tight. So, um, yeah, that was my long term plan, but it just kind of, yeah, yeah. I spoke too soon. <laughs> That's the, That's the, the US the USA girls is who you're coming at. Like yeah, so like Olivia, Norris, Mariah, Raven, and Michelle, they're all very tight, and mm -hmm. so you've got five girls out of there's 12 of us that are all so close and have each other's back it's like okay well let's get the other girls together and try to rally against because we can sort of infiltrate and you know there's more of us than there is of them but trying to trust like i'm talking to colleen who also knows them from ride or dies but is also on the outside of that group mm -hmm. she's you know lower rung on the hierarchy so i'm sort of trying to get her to like help me and yeah. i knew that there was problems between raven and narice so i'm like let's crack that apart you know let's find the cracks and rip it apart and so i was trying to do that and i was lying to those ride or die girls saying that i wasn't trying to do that so fair i deserve it <laughs> there you go people she's a lot smarter than the edit gives her credit for <laughs> <laughs> i know i see the comments online everyone's like you dug your own grave and i was like i wish you knew like this is what i'm saying i can't defend myself to everyone but you know what I, you know what? i don't know if this was like intentional or like because I, or like with the irony behind it because like you're the uh mtv bio like for your um like your sort of profile heading into the season i think it was like a quote of you saying that like oh i'm i've got a lot more upstairs than like what people think because you read a lot of books so i don't know if that was like you know a foreshadow like i don't know but yeah no i i it's funny and they asked me in a lot of my um interviews and stuff about like the books that i've read and the like the psychology tricks I was planning to use while I was in there and things. And I had it all figured out in my head. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, a lot of stuff was just left on the, the cutting room floor. So it was quite painful to watch because I was like, you made me look really stupid. And I don't think my gameplay was stupid, but I think that I just made mistakes. And, you know, it, it, there was like, like I said, there was a culmination of events that, caused my downfall and I take responsibility for it, but mm. uh, it was just an unfortunate turn of things. Not what I planned. So was it Jay that like told everybody that you were planning to come for the USA girls or do you know who did it? Yeah, so so Jay told me yesterday, literally that he uh, he pushed it along. Like he, he helped my name, you know, like once it had been brought up, he, he was happy to like, mm -hmm egg it forward so i still don't know who the initial person was i think it would have been callum i didn't get along with callum and in the in the deliberations he was quite rude to me and quite mean to me and so um yeah i i have a feeling it was callum i did from the start i actually told Devin once i got out i was like if you go in there as a mercenary take out callum like target callum because i don't like callum so it was always for me um yeah and, and seems like it came from Callum, but I still have no evidence. In the episode, Olivia says it comes from Kyland, which I think is a cover because Ky I never spoke to Kyland at all. Do you know why, like, Callum was rude to you by any chance? Like, you know where that came uh, from? Because I'd lied to Jay and he was present when it happened and he knew. So there's actually an, a moment where you see Callum and Jay talking and they look at each other. Jay kind of goes and Callum goes and they're actually looking at each other and I'm sitting next to them lying to them at that point. So it's hard you can't fit all this into a one-hour episode you know there's just so much more to the storyline and it doesn't make sense if you tried to put it into a one-hour episode so yeah i would say it's probably because i very blatantly lied to jay to protect chauncey because i was quite close to chauncey 
I think that's another thing too. Like people, when they're watching this, they don't realize is like there's like thousands of hours of footage just being condensed. And we out. have no no phones, nothing. We're all we're doing is talking to each other. That's we have no books, we have no phones, we have no journals, we have nothing else to do but talk to each other. So it's constant. It is absolutely constant, and you don't see how much we sleep or how much we eat or like you know what mm. we're actually getting up to. So there's so many um, things that can affect the outcome that people mm. don't realize. Mm-hmm. But I get it. They have they have to condense it down for the storyline. So I get it. Yeah. I got to ask, like, does um, does your tattoos, like, do any of them have any, like, sim- you know, symbolism behind them? Or do you, or are they just, oh, you yeah. know, I like tattoos. Like, like what was kind no, of... No, like- a, a lot of, like, um, so a lot of my arms and stuff I got done when I was really young, um, like mm-hmm. 18, 19. Um, but all the recent ones, like, my, my back... Uh, I got done by like a Buddhist monk in Thailand just recently. They're all like um, spiritual tattoos. Um, Yeah, I've got them like all over. And then like the ones on my face, like this one is uh, uh, Tibetan Sanskrit and it says I am aware. So it's like just, yeah, about being present. So a lot of them are like to do with my faith and stuff as well. Same with like the with love is to do everything in my life from a place of love and um yeah, so a lot of them do have meaning, but a lot of them are just also little garbage. I have a Tamagotchi tattoo and, like, you know, just a lot of little, like, silly things as well. I think I'm a tattooist, so I just kind mm-hmm. of, like, let people draw their pictures on me. So half of them have meaning and some are just, like, silly. I literally have a goose that says silly on my arm. Like, Wow. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, like goofy, goofy tattoos as well. Which one hurt the most to get? Oh, um, to be <laughs> honest, these little like dots on the end of my fingers, um, mm-hmm. they were excruciating. Oh, I remember them being really bad. And whenever I tattoo them on other people, I'm like, oh, it's so bad. They're like, it's fine. It's fine. Oh no, it is actually really, really bad. Like, yeah. Um, and the ones on my back, they were done with like a bamboo stick. So that mm. was like pretty painful. <laughs> it wasn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, for those fans that are either watching this or, you know, I've watched you on the episode, if in the future, you know, you're looking to come back, what what is one thing um, that maybe you didn't get to either tell them or show them on this episode that you would want them to know about you? I think the biggest thing is that, like, I really do want to win this show. I, I'm very passionate about being there. I'm very passionate about winning. And although it looked like I didn't want to be there, um, because of the spiel I gave off, it's it's like, you know, like I said, it was a dream come true for me to even get on this season. I I tattooed a thirty nine on my leg, oh, like so after cool. coming off. Yeah, I don't know if I can show you. Hang on, let me see. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. There's a little thirty nine there. Oh, <laughs> um, and the Tamagotchi, but yeah, it for me, it's like I. I really wanted to prove that I like to myself and to everyone else that I'm capable of doing these things. And um, I didn't have the best upbringing. So coming to like do these things where I have to be really strong and I'm competing against like six foot four men and, you know, doing all this stuff and I can still hold my own. I just want people to know that like, I'm really passionate about it. I really, really, really do love this game. And um, like I said, the money, the money is not the important thing to me. The title is important. And that's more of a driver for me than the money. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, yeah, I think people think that I'm like, I, I, 
I put myself there as like just, oh, I'm just doing another TV show and it's just another check and, you know, whatever. I don't care about if the show even is. I just want to be on it and compete. It's so much fun. You get to do cool shit. You meet amazing people. And I'm just really grateful for the opportunity as well. It's I'm like, I love the fan base. I love all the people that have reached out to me. And I'm just really, really appreciative. Uh, no, I appreciate you liking your, your outlook with saying that because, you know, I think that means a whole lot more to, you know, just the, it resonates a lot more with the people watching it. Like, you know, you have like the right motive, so to speak, um, mm. as far as like, you know, when it comes to the uh, show, um, because, you know, you never know like what the what somebody's intentions are like coming on to somebody could just be like, oh, I just want you to, so like, you know, my friends <laughs> see me on TV, like, which is yeah. a bad motive, but it's just like, you know, you're kind of like, you know, as a consumer of a product, you want like someone to be kind of putting their best, you know, foot forward with like the right mindset, I guess you could. Yeah. That. Yeah. And I think like, you know, if you look at say like Horacio is a great example, he wants to win. He has that drive. He's got that dog in him. He wants to win. And I think I come from the same place um, and that just, I think my most, the thing I was most disappointed about was that it wasn't shown from that perspective, was like how badly I want to be there. You see it when I competed in Australia, but they kind of had twisted it a little bit on this one, like I didn't really want to be there. And I absolutely did. The reason I voted myself into that elimination was like, I'm on the challenge. I'm going to go down into that sand and compete. That's why I'm here. It wasn't because I want to go home. It's because I want to show you guys that I can win. Um, and, you know, unfortunately I didn't. But it's, yeah, it's it means a lot to me. And I just, the fan base is so cool too. Like all the people that have reached out and all the people who have like, even if it's negative, the fact that they're watching the show, like I'm really grateful for that. So either way, I'm I'm stoked. Like I'm really happy. Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss to not ask since, you know, you brought up before about like the, you know, the upbringing thing. You don't have to like get into it, obviously, if you don't want to. But mm -hmm. I was, just, you know, kind of curious, like um, what your upbringing was like, just as. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously like a long, complicated story, but um, I grew up a lower class single parent household um in my early teens i uh found my like biological family so like my my dad's half of my family and then um yeah my mom is like she's a beautiful person but had a lot of mental health issues when i was growing up so i was homeless on and off from the time i was 14 up until like my 20s um I had like experienced homelessness, sleeping on the streets. I used to sleep at my work at one period of time. Um, and I only really reconnected with my mom when I was probably during COVID, when, like my early thirties. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, she's getting a lot older now and that, that comes with health issues and things like that. So that's why I wanted to, to compete was to get some money to help her in, you know, her last years. And, um, that was, that was important for me so that I can sort of build more of a connection with her because I didn't have a relationship at all. Um, I kind of started my, yeah, she raised me from the time I was like seven till I was about 14, but that's about it. So, um, and before that was the sister and mm. it's just been all over the place. So I've sort of been in and out of the care of a lot of different people over my life. And, um, I just believe this is why I wanted to give money back to people less fortunate because I truly throughout my homelessness, had I not had the support of charitable people, 
I may not be here. I might be relying on some toxic crutch to get me through the day or, you know, whatever it might be. And so I've been really blessed in my life by the fortune of good people. And I have a lot of privilege in this, in this life. And so this is just why I believe in, in giving money back and not keeping it to buy myself a car or buy myself a necklace or whatever. It's just, to me, that seems trivial. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do understand that like watching that back on TV could come across as I don't want to be here. It's just this, what's important to me is different from mm. some other people's perspective. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing that and uh, being so open about that because um, I think like, you know, obviously with the inception of this show, um, you know, originally we were seeing like real worlders being casted and we were learning their stories, like in like their wild mm. tributes, um, like with our upbringings. So, you know, just for you to share, share that and um, kind of give a little bit of a, uh, you know, broad scope as to what you were going through, I think provides like a lot of fans now with like a lot of clarity um, as far yeah. as like, especially, in, you know, maybe clearing up about like the charity, not that I feel like you needed to in any way, but like, you know, it, it gives them a little yeah. bit like, more of a, you know, background as to like what you yourself dealt with and like why meant a lot to you to do that so yeah and i think you, you hear a lot is like you know a, a lot of challenges will be like um i want to help my my parent who's sick or i want to help this person um in my life you know because they've done so much for me and um for me i don't have i mean i have my mom but i even my mom is not really my my mom in the maternal sense she is like you know, she's, she is the person who gave birth to me, but we haven't had a relationship my entire life. So I'm just reconnecting that. So my family have been the people who helped me over the years because they helped me survive. Um, and so if I can be that person for someone else, that's, that's the meaning of life to me. You know, that's my purpose in this world. And yeah, I hope people get to see more or like, if they, you know, if they follow me or anything, I'm very open about who I am. And, and there's a reason I am the way that I am. Um, I had a, a pretty like rough upbringing, but we all have our stories. Do you know what I mean? We all have a background story. We all have an origin story. Yeah. Um, and that just happens to be mine. So it's, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm still glad that like things went the way they did. I, I like who I am as a person. So yeah. I'm grateful. Do you think that that like upbringing of yours prepared you at all for like dealing with maybe just like being, you know, the broad scope of television with like, you know, a lot of eyeballs being able to kind of just form opinions on you. It almost like gives you like this coat of armor in a sense to where it's like, ah, I've dealt with like much worse than what people online have to say about me. Yeah. I think, I think when it comes to like the online hate and things like that, I, I, I know, I just know that those people are, it's coming from a place of hurt. Like I said, you don't, happy people don't say mean things on the internet. So I, it's given me a perspective of like, anytime that I've been like, not my highest self, not my best version of myself was when I was in a place of lack and a, a place of hurting. And so it's kind of given me a bit more compassion towards other people. And even in the game as well, you know, like I see the game as the game so anybody who sort of like hurt me in the game is like, okay, they hurt me in the game. It's a game. I have no grudges. Like I spoke to Jay, I was like, it's all love. You know, like, I don't care. I don't care if you backstab, if you backstab me, we are literally playing like this human 
board game. Um, and so you got to do what you got to do. And that's what we sign up for. That's what we know what we're doing. And I think, yeah, there's going to be lying and backstabbing. And if you're shocked by that, what the hell are you doing on the challenge? Like yeah. if you're shocked that someone's lying to you on the challenge, come on, go get a day job. Like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> because this is what we do. Like, you're not going to get far if you're not, I mean, yes, there are people that have gotten far by being honorable and playing with integrity. And I do believe in being a good person, but also you can lie and you can manipulate and still be a good person. You just have to like, not fuck with people's feelings, you know, yeah. like don't actually hurt people. Don't physically hurt people. Don't mentally destroy people. But in the same sense, play the game. It's more fun to watch if we're actually playing a game. Mm -hmm. well, people like Wes because he's manipulative people like Bananas because <laughs> he's manipulative you know like it's fun yeah well listen I, I already wanted you to come back even after you know only just seeing like an hour of an episode but after this conversation I mean you've got me sold uh, as far as <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you I appreciate yeah, it you got me as your biggest spokesperson so uh, but, you know, <laughs> other than that though thanks this is a ton of fun and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation so Thanks, Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have a great rest of your week weekends, right? Because I think it's a yeah Saturday. It's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I Friday night. I hope you. Wait, Friday evening. Six fifty-three p.m. Okay. All right. I'll let you go have dinner then. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All okay. right. Feel better soon. It was nice to meet you. Thank you. you.